Hello, listeners, and welcome back to a brand new season of the Plus Dave podcast. We are the Tottenham Hotspur theme show brought to you by a team of Spurs fans and a Leeds fan called Dave. It's been an eventful summer and we are back for the first official episode of the new season. We're really excited to talk about Spurs in the season to come and obviously the preseason we've just witnessed and the transfer window we've just had. So a lot to get through today. And if you're returning after last season, we appreciate your patience throughout the summer. We had a couple of little bonus episodes to whet your appetite in that time, but we are back full speed ahead every week from now on until the end of the season where we will be celebrating multiple trophies of course so uh, stick with us throughout that journey and hopefully we will all have a lot of fun on the way joining me for the brand new season is the man himself it is dave dave welcome back how are you hey dags hey everyone hope everybody's had a good summer i'm very well thank you tad hungover and a bit grumpy so you know you're gonna get full power grumpy northerner today so for our listeners Enjoy. it's worth noting that we are recording on a wednesday right now so that's particularly bold of dave to have a hangover on a on a wednesday very impressive mm, yeah are you looking forward to the season getting excited uh yeah i am i think it's, it's the first time in well it's the first time in three years that i have absolutely no idea what we're gonna get from leeds so um we, yeah. we we shall see you know the signings look good we had a very much morale boosting 6-2 win in our last friendly of the summer on sunday then Bambo, Patrick Bamford was in the goals, which is always good. And our new signing yeah. was uh, was getting quite a few assists. So, And we all know that pre-season is an absolutely guaranteed indicator of how the season's going to go. So that's good news for you. So uh, we're also <laughs> yeah. going to talk about Spurs pre-season. Just let me have hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Also joining me, of course, is a man who was present for every single episode last year. And today is no exception, making the extra special effort to join us all the way from sunny Mediterranean shores. Elio joins us from Cyprus. He has been described as the world's greatest pundit, although mostly by himself. Elio, welcome back. How are you and how's Cyprus? Cyprus is lovely, absolutely sweltering. It's gone 11 o'clock at night over here and it's still over 30 degrees. So apologies if my top becomes more and more see-through as this show goes on, but I'm in an <laughs> unair-conditioned room at the moment for the sake of... Don't worry, listeners. There won't be a YouTube not version of this. disturbing my life. <laughs> but no, um, really, really good. Yeah. Very, very relaxed at the moment. Back to real life at the end of the week. And by real life, I don't mean going back to work, but mm-hmm. I mean going back to Spurs on Saturday. So let's see what is to come. Have you had a couple of cocktails this evening? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably not quite as professional as I usually obviously am on these, but uh, no, I'm good, I'm good. I have to bleep out about 10 swear words per episode when you haven't been drinking earlier, so I'm really looking forward to this one. So you're, you're on holiday with your wife, who obviously agreed to take you in sickness and in health, knowing full well that Spurs is your sickness. How is she feeling about <laughs> you taking an hour or so out from your holiday time schedule for chatting with us about Spurs? <laughs> she got free reign to buy whatever present she wanted, uh, in a trip through the souvenirs shop and I'd transfer her the money. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that is some strong negotiation. That's like That's Daniel Levy. Amazing. Well, look, speaking of which, we're going to talk about our transfer window. We did an episode specifically on the transfer business and in fact, most of our transfers had already happened at that point. But of course, we've now had the pleasure of seeing a few of them in a Spurs shirt and had a few preseason games to talk about. So we're going to just do a quick roundup of some of the new boys and see how the team have been doing in preseason. Of course, a couple of other transfer stories 
keys to maybe talk about. One or two players being linked at the moment. We'll, we'll get into that as well. And of course, we have finalised the transfer of Jed Spence since our last episode as well. So we're going to go into that and talk about him a little bit more. Of course, the first game of the season is at home against Southampton. So we're going to do our best to try and predict how that's going to go and see what the team is going to look like and talk a little bit about Southampton as well. Dave, I know you've been doing some research. I gave you some homework, even though you're not feeling too well. We talked about Southampton. What do you think of them as an opponent for Spurs? Do you think they're going to have a decent season? Do you think they're going to be in trouble? Talk to us about Southampton. I think it's a perfect first game for you guys, to be honest. In a way that Tottenham have really improved. And I remember when we were talking about the transfers and we were talking about Perisic and that kind Mm. of winning mentality, experienced head, someone who's been there and done it. Um, well, Southampton have gone the opposite way. Um, they've basically <laughs> tried to sign as many 19, 18 and 20 year olds, some from Man City's academy, one from France, one from Germany. And I'm not sure that's going to be particularly good for them in this season. Yeah. It's a lot of faith in a lot of young people. And I think... Yeah. Um, you speak from I, experience you know, last year. Well, you know, yeah, kind of. Mm. Um, at least we haven't paid, you know... 10, 12, 15 million a pop for our kids. We paid half a million for Joffy Gilhart. But yeah. I think other than Joe Rebo, who I think is probably a decent signing. They've signed him from Rangers and I think he scored a pretty good goal in one of their recent friendlies as well, who I think is a good signing. But I don't think they haven't done anything to address the fact that they were really bad in the second half of last season. Yeah. They were in free fall. I don't think, did they even win a game in the second half of the season? <laughs> I couldn't tell they you. They got though. to 40 points and then basically switched off. Now, yeah. they've spent £50 million on some teenagers to stop that. I'm not convinced that that's going to work. Um, so I think it could be quite a comfortable victory for Spurs uh, at the weekend because you've basically got a team that have strengthened who were already playing really well under Conte versus mm. a team that were really struggling. And I don't see how the signings that they've made have made them any better and they've also lost their goalkeeper. And uh, and one of my more experienced strikers, Shane Long, has moved as well. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be a good confidence boost for Spurs. And I think Southampton are going to really struggle this season. Let's hope you're right. Well, wise man once said, Dave, that you can't win anything with kids. So, you know. Well, unfortunately, I've just said all of that. And I do. I am very well aware that Leeds have the youngest squad in the entire Premier League. So... <laughs> We'll leave that then, shall we? Uh, well, look, speaking yeah. of young players, we've signed Jed Spence at last, so after a lot of speculation, and that now means that we've made a whole load of transfers. Of course, we talked about them already, but it's just good to go through them. And Elio, if you could talk through how you found the new boys in the preseason matches so far, because we've got to see most of them, some of them more than others, but we've got a glimpse and starting to see how they're going to fit in. What have you made of the signings on the pitch? Um... I mean, it's hard to tell in these disjointed friendly games with different combinations of players, some of whom haven't been with each other before. I think Perisic looks immediately very exciting, very, very attacking, obviously. I love the the cheeky sort of, it wasn't quite a bicycle kick, but off the ground volley that he he attempted. Uh, I think he, he looks like he's going to bring a lot of variety and a lot of unpredictability to our attack. Spence only had sort of the briefest opportunity and I really sort of can't judge too much, but he got back yeah. and made a good last ditch tackle that stands out. Yeah, that was like the first thing he did, wasn't it? He just ran back yeah, and made yeah. a great tackle the minute he came on the pitch. I like that. I think we'll have to be a bit patient with him. I really liked what I saw from Clement Longley. I think he mm. he looks like he's going to be a really classy signing for us already. I, I think the difference in distribution from his side between 
when he was on the pitch and when he wasn't uh, was, was palpable. When he wasn't on the pitch, it was obviously no, Sanchez, Sanchez. Yeah. And Sanchez isn't natural on that side of the pitch, so I'll cut him some slack. But no, it, it, he looks like he's got a lot to bring. And if he's at least sort of good defensively, then uh, I think he may well end up improving us. Though Davies, who deserves his new contract, is someone I have a lot of time for too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all in all, pretty pleased. Basuma, he came back into the team. He had his bout of COVID. It, it's hard to judge. I, I saw a lot of people sort of getting up in arms about uh, a lot of backwards passing and that kind of thing. I mean, mm. it's a friendly and the guy's playing his first few minutes for us and to give him any sort of judgment is is unfair quite frankly he's been one of the best midfielders in the league for a good couple of seasons now so the yeah. way some of our sort of rage baby fans throw their toys out of the prime because he's not the the second coming of Baggio is uh is quite embarrassing really yeah. and that looked like a horrible game in general didn't it I mean it was really hot it was really humid and against the Jose Mourinho team of all people how do you rate the preseason as a whole? Because obviously we've had largely positive results. We scored a few goals. Harry Kane scoring goals. What can you make of it? Is there anything you can take away from preseason, or I mean, do you not really put much stock in it? Uh, I, mean, I I remember two points from eight games after winning every preseason <laughs> match and battering the hell out of Roma with David yeah. Bentley and Darren Bent starting. So so mm. I don't put any stock in it. To say the truth, I think the only important part about preseason is for the players to get used to each other, for us to not get any injuries, and for us to have a basis on which to to build in terms of tactics and formation into the new season. Like yes, it's nice when you hammer teams outside in friendlies, but we know too well that that doesn't really mean anything. The the important stuff starts in a few days when hopefully we'll show how ready we are against Southampton. Yeah, I think we said it before, didn't we, when we had our last Transfer Roundup podcast, that the key thing is that now a lot of these new players have trained together for long enough and played games together, even if they haven't all been on the pitch for 90 minutes at a time. I think that's going to be pretty valuable. Um, go back to the Southampton game. Hmm. Do you think you could predict, I mean, it's been made a little bit easier by a couple of injuries, but do you think you could predict what our starting eleven is going to be? Um, I'd suggest it's basically going to look like how we finished the season, but with Perisic, that left wing back. Yeah. I, yeah. I think the skip injury means he won't play. I, I, I think there's talk of Basuma having a niggle as well, but I'm, I, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but I've heard some talk of that. Richarlison's obviously suspended and Spencer yeah. Forster are yet to be considered. Um, well, Forster never will be, but they're not considered first teamers at this juncture. So I think same team, Perisic on the left. On the Davies, right, is Davies be, fit to play? If, it, I mean, he came on the other day, didn't he? Or, or did he? Am I making that up? Yeah, um, I think he was. I think I heard something along the lines of him being benched because he wasn't 100%, but maybe yeah. that was to prepare him for this game. And as you say, Longley looked good when he came on. But yeah, if I had to guess, I probably would be going for Davies. I would... Uh, that could be a surprise. We could see Longley start instead of Sanchez down that side, which I, I feel would be the right call just because you want to start with everyone playing in as natural as a position as possible. But at the same time, Conte does seem to trust Sanchez a lot. So if yeah. he goes with Sanchez, it's for a reason. Obviously, you'd like to see new signings play. So I'd like to see Longley play as well as Perisic. That's quite a sort of, along with Son in front of them, a very sexy left-hand side, really. Um, in terms... Yeah of other parts of the team. I think 
what interests me is who he's going to go with that right wing back, knowing that Spence is unlikely to be the one getting nod. Who's it going to be, Emerson or Doherty? Yeah, I think that's one of the most hotly contested positions, isn't it? And we actually put a tweet out asking people to vote on who they thought would be that starting player. And it was pretty evenly split between four of them, including Lucas Moore, actually. So, you know, who knows? But either way, it's, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? And I think you yeah, we were talking on Twitter about how people are saying we haven't improved our starting eleven, which I don't think is a fair comment. But even for argument's sake, if we haven't, the fact is we can name several starting 11s that are good enough to be called a first team now, can't we? Absolutely. And we've got such healthy competition and we've got so much quality in the squad right now that Mm. It's hard for us to put out a bad side, in my opinion. Uh, that that yeah. that sounds like the sort of thing that will come back to bite me in the ass. But says uh, <laughs> the number one. Uh, but I. I don't know. Are we allowed to say ass? Yeah, let's say ass. We can ass, say ass. 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 Um, yeah. Just not ass and all. Oops. Um, yeah. I. <laughs> not the I, ass. Well, quite. Um, I just don't see where we're weak. I see where we could be stronger, but I don't see where we're weak. And that couldn't be said last season. I mean, we're going into the season with potentially Skip, Richarlison, Davies, Bissouma, yeah. essentially four players being unavailable. And mm. it's still going to be a very strong squad. I mean, yeah, 15 out of 20 teams in this league can't say that. Absolutely, yeah. And that's what, there's a tweet that I really liked from a guy on Twitter called Matt Hayes. And he just goes, no Skip, we'll play Hoiberg. No Basuma, we'll play Bensenkert. No Davies, we'll play Longley. No Richarlison, we'll play Son. No Spence, we'll play Emerson. It's almost as if adding depth to our squad throughout this window is already paying off. Stop complaining. And it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, that's exactly what it is. That's why we'd made these transfers. And that's why we strengthened those areas. Um, Dave, to jump on a Twitter bandwagon, because I keep seeing people ask this question for some reason, and I'm just going to indulge it. How do you rate our window out of 10? How do you rate Spurs transfer window out of 10? I mean, it's been really good. It's got to be in the, at least an eight, I'd say, because I think, you know, what you have done, you've done early, which we already said was a very good thing to do. Uh, And now another reason why I think a lot of clubs don't do their business early, I've realized as I've seen Twitter just gradually get more and more and more angry about you not signing another (laughs) player is because that kind of length of time between your last signing of the summer and the first game of the season or the end of the transfer window feels like it's just it has to be filled with something and it's filled with morons on Twitter going, why aren't we improving? Yeah. Why we are we spoiled buying our fans, why we? Playing this play? Exactly. It's too much too uh, soon and now we so, just expect a new signing every week. Exactly. I can imagine Levy and Paratici like, what? Are you not entertained? <laughs> yeah. It started out as a joke. Like People were, were genuinely being sarcastic on Twitter and saying, what's this? We've gone three days without a new signing. What is this Spurs? And now it's legitimate tweets along those lines saying, yeah. what happened to this 150 million war chest? Where are the rest of our signings? Why have we not signed an attacking midfielder? Why have we not signed another centre-back? And and there's a lot of that. And Ellie, I want to get your opinion on this because I I know you're always happy to send a message to some of our fan base on this kind of thing and just being perhaps, we say, entitled and ungrateful. What would you say to the fans who are being critical of our business this window and saying that we need to make more signings? Do you agree on any level? Would you like to see, I mean, look, we could always do with more signings, but do you think it's crucial that we make additions to the squad? Or is there anything that you'd say to people who think that we've not done enough? I think if we seize the opportunity to make a really sort of top dollar signing, a, a top creative player who gives us that X factor, then that could be the difference between fighting for the title or fighting for third or fourth. 
However, yeah. those players, when they become available, are players that are sought out by a multitude of clubs, uh, all the big clubs, really. They're mm. also, there also has to be the little factor of we're dealing with human beings here. They actually have to want to sign for you. Their clubs are obviously going to sell them at a premium. We yeah. have to be willing to pay what they want as well, which may be the sort of thing that then becomes sensitive within existing top quality players in the club. So mm. there are so many things that have to line up to get a player of that calibre. It's, it's not like playing a computer game and you can just go for who you want. So I think people think that signing footballers is far easier than it is because they see what Chelsea and Manchester City have been doing all these years and have been warped yeah. by and have been playing computer games and being warped by <laughs> that playing FIFA too. career mode. Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a simulation. It's not real life at the end of the day. Like, as far as I'm concerned, we've made good signings. I'd be very surprised by us having anything but a good season and when I say good season I mean at least Champions League football and maybe Champions League football with a trophy yeah. so I look at our squads and our first 11 and I think both are comfortably right now the third best in the league I, I really do yeah. mean that and I really do believe that once again setting myself up failure here but that's what I see <laughs> and, we do. Uh, and uh, I'm meant to be the cynical one here so uh, let's hope that <laughs> that, um, that uh, doesn't blow up in my face so, so to those fans saying yeah. they want more signings or they want more expensive signings or whatever our most expensive signings have by and large been huge disappointments Romero aside obviously but if you look past Romero who have our record signings been and Dombele, Lo Celso, Bergwijn, I think Sissoko, Lamella was a record signing once upon yeah. a time. I mean, Soldado, we, 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 Soldado, yeah. We tend not to do well enough for a Sergei Rebrov once upon a time, Les Ferdinand once upon a time. We, <laughs> paying a lot of money <laughs> for worse. a player doesn't exactly paying a lot of money just does not guarantee David Bentley does not guarantee <laughs> you to have success with them. Then the other thing is more and more signings. Well, we've made six signings. I mean, that's a lot. And and at least two of those are nailed on starters, in my opinion, Basuma and Perisic. Richardson's yeah. a player that has definitely come backing himself to make himself a starter. I don't believe Longley has decided to swap the Barcelona bench for the Spurs bench. I'm pretty sure he's going to be fighting for first team place. Spencer's mm. high potential. By the end of the season, all five of those players could be in the first team, for all we know. So, so yeah. people need to temper their expectations with quite how much revolution they want in a summer. It's about evolution, not revolution. I mean, we've also just signed Kulisevsky and Benton Kura a few months ago as well. So yeah, I, I, two I signings, which to... it must be said, people weren't thrilled about at the time. And now, you know, we can't get Precisely. enough of them. And Romero, for that matter. And, yeah. and, and Romero, well, I think we were all thrilled about Romero, but yeah, that, hmm. that is the point exactly. And I'll always remember when we went on the, the famous wheelbarrow full of money shopping spree when Gareth Bale got sold and we had full sort of turnover of players that some yeah. summer and started the season horribly. Same when we yeah. sold Berbatov and Keane and Tom Huddleston and a few others uh, in the same summer. And then we went and brought in so many players in one go. Uh, good players as well in some cases, like Luka Modric, like Troy Luka, but also David Bentley and uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, Pavlyuchenko. And there was a lot of change in one trial sweep, Cornelio Gomez as well. And it yeah. absolutely imploded. The manager got sacked after eight games. We were bottom of the table and we were still 
bottom three at the halfway point of the season. So I really think both on the more signings arguments and on the more expensive signings argument that people seem to be frothing at the mouth for, you, it just doesn't work like that. It's about signing what you need, signing it cleverly and supplementing the good things you have with players that complement them, not players that change the dynamic completely. And I, I yeah. think this sort of rage baby Twitter generation of <laughs> bedwetters just doesn't seem to get that concept. Elio, you mentioned the idea of a kind of game-changing top-level elite playmaker, someone who can take us to the next level and challenge the title, and obviously that person won't come cheap. Could James Madison be that guy? Do you see him as someone on that level? Because obviously that's the name that's doing the rounds at the moment. And again, he's English, so that bumps up the price tag. Is that a play you'd like to see at Spurs? I would love to see James Madison at Spurs. I think he's an exceptional Mm. talent. I think he's a highly underrated talent. His productivity is phenomenal, but he also brings that creativity and that cutting edge and that entertainment value too. So... Yeah, there's absolutely no downside with getting him. He can play off the left. He can play in the number 10. Uh, I, mm. I wouldn't actually bet against him being a half-decent false nine, but we've never seen him there. But uh, yeah. there's so much he can do. If we wanted to play midfield three, he'd be wonderful in that role. I, I He's the sort of yeah. signing that I think takes us to next level. But if Madison really is potentially available for the sort of money we'd likely spend on him, and we're not spending 100 million on someone, but we might spend 55, 60, then it won't just be us after him. It'll be every big Mm. club because he's one of the best English playmakers going. He Mm. ticks the homegrown box, obviously. He only has two years remaining on his contract. And in the same way that Grealish was hot property last summer, yeah, this guy, this guy is that stock. In fact, I actually prefer him to Greenish. So yeah, I, I really mm. do think he'd be a game changer for us. I think I remember you saying that actually when we were linked with Greenish all those years ago, you prefer Madison even back then. So uh, yeah, I think definitely an interesting one. Apparently Moneybags Newcastle are after him as well, which doesn't bode well for our chances, even if they haven't got Champions League football to offer. But the rumour I've heard is that they've offered 50 million, which sounds like a little bit low to me. If you think of how much we spent for Richarlison and this guy's English, I don't know. Dave, what do you think of Madison? How much do you reckon it would cost somebody to take him off Leicester at the moment, being an English talented player like him? Do you think he'll cost something in the region of sort of that 55, 60? Or do you think we're going higher? I think, yeah, I think that's probably about right. I, I'm really interested to see what happens to Leicester though, because obviously they've just sold Casper Schmeichel um, <laughs> to have a lovely time in the south of France with Aaron Ramsey. But um, oh, yeah. but yeah, I would have assumed that Madison was untouchable, and I would have assumed that Leicester would mm. be making sure that they were building the team around him, Harvey Barnes, going forward. So it does surprise me that these bids, I mean, they're not been, they're not been welcomed, but they're certainly not being dismissed and met with derogatory comments, yeah. um, which is weird. And Leicester obviously don't seem to have a lot of money. They haven't made any signings yet. Mm. Uh, that's the only team in Europe to not make a signing uh, in top Rogers flight. has been very vocal about that as well. He's essentially said, yeah. we have to sell to buy, which... For, I mean, I, I always thought of Leicester as being a rich club. They're under rich tie ownership, aren't they? I thought mm. they... They were one that wouldn't have problems like this, but it seems 
things have changed. Yeah, I think King Power as a company are struggling, which obviously lends to yeah. everything that then is owned by the owner of King Power to struggle. And if the answer is that they've got to sell to buy and Rogers is the man and he's not going to leave, then maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're just going to try and get as much as they can for one of their two, I think, most sellable assets. Well, three most sellable assets. I think it's Fafana, Madison. Oh, Tielemans, yeah. Tielemans yeah. is... Uh, Fafana, uh, a lot of rumours around him not, as well. not big money being talked about for Tielemans. Uh, I think it's only about 35 25 million. 25 million, yeah. 25 million, yeah. I heard well, 25. If Bissouma costs 25 million, then, you know, why not? Well, yeah, that's, but that's not a big money. That's not that's not the kind of money that, that would then give Rogers money to spend on players. 25 think, million would get him another player, and he wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be as good as Tielemans. But yeah. if they're confident that if they lost Madison, they could retain those players and then invest 60, 65, 70 million maybe, if there's more than one yeah. bidding pie, which it sounds like there's going to be, then then yeah, maybe it does make sense. That's probably the, the move I'd do if I had them on Football mm. Manager. And there is obviously Harvey Barnes, and they rate that Dewsbury Hall kid quite highly. He seems yeah. to get a lot of game time as well. So maybe there's a plan for life after Madison there. Well, Madison is in the final two years of his contract and much like Harry Kane is with us for what it's worth. But Mm. the thing is that if Leicester do need to make some money, he's going to be depreciating at this point. He is never going to be more valuable than he is right now. But next summer will be half and obviously free the summer after that. So if they're going to get rid of Madison, now is the only time they really could do it to potentially get a net benefit with some wise investment. The difference between that and our situation with Harry Kane is that Kane is so good at what he is. And Manson's a really good player. Kane is arguably the best, definitely one of the three or four best number nines on the planet. So losing Kane for free in two years, potentially, or even for a cut price deal next summer, we would probably still get more value by keeping him for that time than if we yeah. sold him and reinvested it because Harry Kane is worth three He's top class players. Exactly. James yeah. Madison could be made up for with three high potential mm. future James Madisons because what James Madison himself mm. once upon a time was a punt from the lower league. So I don't really see that Leicester have much wiggle room if he's not signing that contract. I think it's worth also mentioning that there is such a thing as the Leicester model. And there's a lot of talk about it at Leeds in yeah. the sense that, you know, Raj Razani, our chairman, has suddenly said, you know, he, he wants to emulate, not, probably not the financial situation they're in now, which the, the football club didn't really have anything to do with, but the Leicester model of finding talent, nurturing talent, selling them for an absolute bucket of money, but only selling one marquee person in every season so obviously they did that with Maguire mm. and maybe maybe it's time for Madison or Morfafana or or Barnes yeah. but one of them and not two of them or three of them because that's when you get into the territory of where Leeds are where we've sold our two best players and we're very worried that we're we're also well Newcastle are sniffing around Jack yeah. Harrison have already bid 40 million euros for him so we'll see what happens with that but we don't want to lose three of our best players in in, in one window and Leicester won't want it either so it makes sense that they would want to just sell mm. one for a high price because that wouldn't be surprising to their fan base because that's what they do. I mean, even after they won the league, they sold N'Golo Kante, they sold Riyad Mahrez. Exactly. They, they definitely cashed in on that, didn't they? So it wouldn't be that big a shock, I suppose. 
Well, we've somehow gone from James Madison to Spurs to Calvin Phillips to a complete roundup yeah, of good the Leeds pod, window. Guys. Well done. Don't think I don't see what you're doing there, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. Come on. This behavior won't fly with me, okay? Let's get it back onto Spurs. So the other guy that's been talked about, the other name I've heard a little bit in terms of that creative link-up unlocking midfielder, perhaps a slightly different player, is uh, Nicolo Zaniolo who, again, we've talked about it before. I don't watch much Serie A. I don't know a huge amount about him. Do either of you know much about Zaniolo? Can you comment? All I really know is that he seems to have developed Ledley King syndrome in both of his knees. I mean, that's a big facet with him. He has had a couple of absolutely horrible injuries. Um, yeah. I mean, he played a lot of games last season, so there's the argument that, well, he seems to have got over them and left them behind him. But when you get an entire season of your career lost that young in your career to injuries that big, it's not just about the time you've lost there, it's about the time you lose later in your career. Because yeah. I can't remember who it was, but I was listening to physio recently online and essentially what he was saying that is that when clubs sign a player and they do kind of their medical history on them, they, yeah. they also learn from that medical these days, thanks to sports science, at what point that player is likely to not be the same anymore, even if he doesn't have mm. any injuries. And a lot of the time, clubs will actually factor in whether or not they will give a certain length of contract, or even, cynically speaking, they'll go with a, um, well, we'll give this guy a five-year contract, but we know that after three years, he's going to start <laughs> yeah. having a big decline, so we're we'll going to sell him after in. the third year cash yeah. in and laugh as, ex- yeah and yeah basically not quite a crop mm. but uh these injuries early on can impact someone so i hope that's not the case with zaniolo because from the little i have seen of him he seems like he's a real real talent but mm. but i do understand why there'd probably be a few nerves about his knees Dave, I gave you a little piece of homework, another piece of homework earlier. I don't know if you had time to do it. I'm just curious. It was just for a bit of a laugh, really. Did you look up any YouTube videos of Destiny Udogi? I I did not. Who is, for listeners, a player I had not heard of until just this evening when Fabrizio Romano said the Spurs were in for him. Udinese fullback, I believe, is a left wing back. I don't know why we're looking at another left wing back or if there's anything to it. Elio, have you ever heard that name? I have not. No. Well, that's a quick segment then, isn't it? Yep. Anyway, um, the only other piece of transfer business, <laughs> if we sign him, we'll talk about him next week. Um, the only other thing worth mentioning, I think, is that Joe Rodon has gone on loan to Stad René for a year, which is uh, probably a good move for him, because we were talking about this earlier with Dave, actually, about how they're a bit of a revolving door of superstar talent there. So it could be a really good place to learn and, and play. And they obviously put a lot of faith in young players. We're talking about the likes of Usman Dembele, obviously Rafinha, Kamavinga, uh, Edward Mendy, quite a lot of really good big names now um what do you make of that move Eddie, for rodon because it didn't look like he had any place in our plans at least for the time being did it it's funny rodon with us has been quite a conundrum he's played under Mourinho, um briefly right mason briefly nuno and conte and all of them have spoken so highly about his character his commitment mm. about what he could potentially bring but none of them have given him a chance and When he has had a couple of appearances here and there, I thought, okay, raw, but I like a lot of what I see. You're quick, you're strong, you're brave, you're comfortable on the ball. What's not to like? So 
who knows what it is, especially with the amount of malignment our defence has received over this sort of three-year period. Um, I can't put my finger on what it is that's meant he's not had that opportunity, but it hasn't yeah. happened. He's gone to run. There's a option to buy at the end of it as well if he does well, which I think will give us a tidy profit on what we spent on him. So okay. that uh, could be really, really positive for all parties concerned. I think a player like him with his raw physical attributes will look really, really good in a league that plays in a very similar way to the Premier League. League Island is probably the most similar to the Premier League in terms of yeah. the way football is played. So I think he'll go there and look really, really good because he's also going to be playing against a slightly lower quality of striker other than when he plays PSG. Um, basically. So it could be the making of him in a number of ways. He's too good to be not even fourth or fifth choice at Spurs, in my yeah. opinion. He, he's a good international player who has proven his salts in so many other ways. It's just that he, he hasn't got the pitch time with him. That said, look at Romero's age and look at Rodon's age and look at where Romero is in his career and where Rodon is. And yes, yeah. I know things aren't linear, but... Yeah, if, if, fair enough. If we're taking Romero as the benchmark of what we need to break into our team, then that does explain a lot. Well, we wish him well. It sounds like a win-win anyway. You know, either we make a profit or he comes back a stronger player. So let's see how that goes. And um, speaking of Joe Rodon, Dave, I've got another important task for you here. So any of our Twitter followers will have noticed over the last few days that their timeline has been assaulted by a series of frankly ridiculous votes that we've been putting out. Uh, we decided to theorize about a Spurs Royal Rumble where all of our players got into a giant mass fist fight in a brawl to decide who the hardest man in the Tottenham dressing room is. Um, we're down to the last nine and i say last nine because there was actually a tie in the last round a 50 50 split on the vote in who would win a fight out of joe rodon and jaffet tanganga so i decided dave to give you the final vote and who you think would win a fight out of those two and who makes it into the quarterfinals oh well this is definitely the most important thing i've ever done on this show um, i do classify you as an expert because we're imagining a kind of wwf scenario yeah. here it's just a bracket we're not actually talking about royal rumble here are we because if it was royal rumble i would definitely no no this is a one-on-one -on -one at this stage if it was a royal rumble i would definitely go with tanganga because i think he's got a lower center of gravity hard to get over the ropes um uh <laughs> but in but, a one-on-one -on -one yeah, in this case it's tough i feel like i feel like um i think rodon has a reach advantage and he's got a little bit of crazy about him as well yeah mm. they, they, they grow they grow him right in wales don't they <laughs> Are we giving so. it to Big Joe then? Yeah. So leaving present. Okay, Joe Rodon makes it into the last eight. So, because I'm speaking I'm sure of you're Big all... Joe, where is our Big Joe tonight? <laughs> our Big Joe, yeah, that's a very good question, and uh, he hasn't left us. Joe will be returning. He's, I think, much like his idol of a skip. Just when we think he's about to return, something happens, and he can't make it. But he'll he'll be back soon. He's assured me that he will make himself available for an upcoming mm. episode. So don't worry. You know, if you only tuned in to hear Joe's lovely voice, then uh, I promise you, he will be back at some stage Brooker, if you're um, listening this isn't on i will replace you <laughs> we might start power. holding auditions to yeah exactly just to see if someone can replace them so get in touch um so because everyone's obviously dying to know that means that we have a last eight in the royal rumble of uh harry kane ivan perisic rodrigo bentenker joe rodon eric dyer christian romero pierre milhoiberg and big fraser forster so that's gonna be interesting we're gonna do knockouts up until our last four and then we'll have a final four royal rumble style all-out brawl to decide oh, the hardest man at Tottenham. Who's looking like a favourite there for you guys? Who's your money on? Perisic. At this stage. 
Perisic has seen <laughs> things. Is it the, the Eastern European? Yeah, has he done time in the army or something? I'm not aware of. Believe he's yeah. definitely going to phase him. Perisic posted a picture of himself in, I think, a pair of swim shorts recently. And oh yeah, he's got some serious abs on him at his age. His abs have abs. It, it, it was frightening. <laughs> um, I, I, interesting. I think, I think he is a scary man. <laughs> okay, interesting. <laughs> I'd love to spend the next half an hour talking about this, frankly, but I don't think we should. So let's move swiftly on from that and uh, stay tuned on our Twitter for the results of that. And uh, we'll see who wins. And of course, while we're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Plus Dave Podcast uh, and follow me on Twitter. I've created my own account now because I decided I wanted a place where a safe space where I could be a little bit more opinionated and, you know, come out with my own personal opinion and not always have to be representing our brand, as it were. So uh, follow me at Plus Dave Dags. And while we're on it, you can follow. Follow Dave at Fantasy Dave and follow Elio at the uh, ever catchy and not at all difficult to read out Elio underscore P underscore THFC. Did I get that right, Elio? It just rolls off the tongue. That one. Um, he doesn't know. Say that again. <laughs> he doesn't even know himself. It, it, so it's at Elio underscore P underscore THFC. That sounds right. That sounds. That sounds right. right. Try that. Try that. And then if if you see Elio on the other side, then you've done well. Brilliant. Um, this is interesting. Sky Sports posted a series of stats earlier based on fans essentially talking about the upcoming season and how they're feeling about it. And Tottenham Hotspur fans have a hope rating for the season of 7.6 out of 10. I've no idea what that means, but it sounds higher than I imagine it normally is. You What's your hope out- rating for the season? I'm not going to give a hope rating because <laughs> of, of all the bullshit stats you have ever produced on this show this is by far the bullshittiest bullshit stats i love that i just described a fantasy scenario of footballers wrestling to the death and this is the thing elio takes issue with i mean a hope rating i honestly have no idea what it means and I, i was reading it out because it's hilariously vague uh also our fans have estimated us to achieve a table position of 3.7 on average so we're going to be somewhere around fourth 78 percent of our fans believe we will win a trophy <laughs> i don't know who they're asking sorry no believe we have a realistic chance of winning a trophy okay that is different what do you think Elio? do we have a realistic chance of winning a trophy this year a hope rating <laughs> really <laughs> still... dave what's your hope rate what's your hope rating of elio finishing this podcast without storming out in disgrace <laughs> Quitting. Oh, and, uh, it makes good protest. podcasting when Elio storms out. It's got to be his go-to football manager press conference ending, right? <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of thrown water bottles and storming <laughs> out of press conferences. 84% of our fans are satisfied with our recruitment so far this summer, which Twitter would suggest is not the case. But there you go. It's the, the loud minority. start entering the pitch with floral wreaths in their hair. Are they going to give each other big <laughs> sloppy kisses before kickoff? <laughs> we've broken elio have you been secretly slipping some more cocktails into your room while we've been doing this elio have you sent someone for room service or i have not or is this just all me making you this, angry this is all you making me angry why would you do right. this to me totally I'm, on what, holiday. I'm on holiday and i've, I've <laughs> taken time out of my holiday i was having a wonderful evening which i cut short to go on this podcast and you're talking to me about hope rating. it's true what they say though isn't it <laughs> is that a no on the hope rating from you then elio we're not going to get it's a hope true what they say, It's true what they say, isn't it? It's the hope that kills you. <laughs> <laughs> Elio, would it make you happy if we talk about football? Yes, it would. Very hey. much so. 
Let's talk about football. Let's talk about Spurs Southampton. I know we touched it earlier and I got Dave's thoughts on it. I'm curious to hear what you think about the first game of the season. Are you happy with that, Southampton at home for the first game? Um, I mean, you got to play everybody twice. But yeah, it's nice to be at home. It's nice to have a fixture that you'd hope... I don't even want to use that word. It sounds like a swear word now that you would... Uh... This is what I thought after Rogue One. They used the word hope about 700 times in it to the point where I hated hearing it. That's another, uh... so, another tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like playing Southampton because we often beat Southampton. We didn't at home mm. last season, so I'm not going to count my chickens just yet. But yeah. uh, I like to think that my odyssey will be pleasantly rewarded this Saturday. My mind always goes back to that game where Son scored four goals, where Harry Kane set up all of them. I know oh, yeah. that was a long time ago, but it's hard not to think with the form that Son and Kane were on towards the end of last season and the form that Kane in particular has been on pre-season that, you know, you could imagine a few goals going in against him, couldn't you? I'm always reluctant to make big calls like that, but, you know, you could see a big scoreline. You know me, I'll take a 1-0 with it rebounding in <laughs> off someone's ass, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I think I think we should be confident going into this one. So how many scraped 1-0 victories are we going to get out of these five opening fixtures, Elio? So we, <laughs> we go into the season with Southampton at home, then Chelsea away, which is a pretty rough one. Wolves home, Forest away, and West Ham away. How many points do you expect us to get from them? Southampton home, Chelsea mm. away. Wolves home, Forest away. And West Ham away. And Dave, chime in here. How many points would you predict Spurs to get out of those first I, five games? I'm actually going to be exceptionally bold here. I'm say five wins out of five. <laughs> 15 points. Well, Elio, you've just answered my question about your hope racing. Because if that's not a high <laughs> 9.7, at least, I don't know what is. Go f*** yourself. <laughs> um, Dave. I, Dave, tell Elio how many games we're actually going to win out of those five. I think you'll pick up three wins from those. Um, yeah. We're going to beat Chelsea? Mm, who knows? You look who Chelsea? Knows? I don't know what Chelsea are Chelsea yet. are not I don't know what Chelsea way. are yet, to be honest. No. Um, but you should win the first week. Yeah. Chelsea, maybe a point. Wolves, you'll beat. I think Wolves are, I think Wolves are going to struggle. I'll take a point. Who's, who's after that? Forest. Mm, that might be a tricky one. Forest. Forest away, but then, but then yeah. uh, your last one is West Ham. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I said ten points. Ten points. Okay, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll come back to that in a few weeks' time. I'll be disappointed if it's just ten. Obviously, fifteen is a bit of a reach for the stars situation, but I think four of those five games should be wins. Chelsea is obviously yeah. Chelsea, who always love to screw us, but yeah. but the other four. We should be overwhelming favourites for those. I suppose the way to look at it is if if the goal is at least third or an improvement on last season or, you know, a title challenge, dare I say it, then we need to be winning most of those games, don't we? Yeah, that's that's what yeah. it comes down to. So. The goal is third. We need to be getting over two points a yeah. game. So we need to come out of five matches with 11 or 12 points at least. So it's a while until we go to Anfield, but... When we do, do you want Conte to bring some giant speakers out onto the training pitch and glare <laughs> out some you'll never walk alone to prepare our players for the atmosphere? Are we if you don't know ourselves? what I'm talking about, this is exactly what Mikel Arteta did in Arsenal training, which is on their Amazon documentary, apparently, which is it's just pure David Brent, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. Are we really lowering ourselves to laughing at that little yep. South London club? Because I can do that. I'm happy with that. I know. Um, I know you can. I I really hope Arteta stays Arsenal manager for a very long time. 
Oh, it was funny yeah. though, wasn't it? I have nothing more to add. No nuts. No. I feel about him how Dave felt about Solskjaer. I, I think yeah. I don't you're want absolutely to right. You want him to be it's, there forever. It's the same. I'm always a little bit scared to bash Arsenal too hard, but they do make it easy sometimes, don't they, to be fair? That being said, they have had a strong preseason. You know, Gabriel Jesus looks like he knows how to put the ball in the net, so let's see. He's very popular on FPL. Does Pepe still play for them? <laughs> yes. 70 million Speaking well of uh, record transfers that didn't go to plan. Yeah. We're going to finish up. We're not just quite there yet. I've got a couple of other things to go through, but we are going to finish up with just a series of predictions for the season for a bit of fun. But, you know, if you see the window to get into some serious chat, feel free to jump in and uh, elaborate. But before we do, I thought you guys might find it funny. You might have seen it yourself. And listeners, you've probably seen the stats as well. There, there's been some stats published by The Guardian in relation to the proportion of abusive or offensive tweets directed at various players and football teams uh, and Tottenham are and get ready for the trophy cabinet guys Tottenham are the most abused club on Twitter we suspected it now we know it now I don't know how many of those are from our own fans I suspect a fair proportion I don't know if that was factored in um, but the interesting thing is the top three clubs in terms of the ones that receive the most abusive tweets are Tottenham Manchester United and Everton which led me to think maybe they're just using Dave's Twitter here. Dave, have you got anything to say about that? Oh, you could have no, been involved. No. I don't get involved in that kind of stuff on Twitter. As soon as you start, as soon as you start tweeting that, nah, you get you get that. you get just algorithmed. On the podcast. You can't. I don't want to get algorithmed. No. In the top five most abused players was one Mr. Harry Kane. Again, unsurprising. Mm. What are you going to do about football fans? You know, you'd think being England captain and one of the best players in the world would be enough to avoid criticism. But it is going to hit. Never mind. Anyway. It's just the sign of why people should not use Twitter, us included. Yeah, I say as I've just created my very own personal <laughs> Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So to round things off today, we're not going to do, I'm sorry to those of you who have been patiently waiting for the end of this podcast for Challenge Elio, but we're not going to do one today just because we agreed this season that Elio is actually going to host Challenge Elio and it's already quite a lot for him to come on the podcast during his holiday as he so kindly offered up his time. So we thought we'd let him off this week and give him the time to ease in until next week when he's back in England to do that so we're going to instead just do a series of predictions basically so i just want you guys to come back to me on a few things for the season in relation to spurs and then we're just going to make some general bold predictions for the season if we can so first of all the big one and we did this already but you know your opinions might have been revised where are we going to finish in the league this season elio first third are you sticking with your guns same yep. same as i said last season third same as last season same as you said a little earlier dave I can't actually remember what you said last time we had this discussion. Um, I think I said fifth, but I but I'm that gonna say like the same as what you did last season and fourth. I think there's gonna be some What's changed um, your mind? I don't think you'll go backwards and I think you will progress, but I think some other teams will Chelsea well, they finished third last season and they could easily finish third this season. Mm. Arsenal might might be a little bit better. Man United, I really hope they're not, but you know, there's every chance that it will improve. Um, so yeah. I think everybody is looking to improve. And I think one of them, you know, you could get third, but I think fourth. Elio, what stage will Spurs reach in the FA Cup and the League Cup? <laughs> oh dear. FA Cup, we're so long overdue just getting to the final, never <laughs> minds winning it. So I'm going to say we're going to win the FA Cup but go out early in the League Cup. Elio's hope rating is increasing yeah, I was gonna say, every minute that passes. Stock. Winner. Hey, Elio I mean, says winner you, of the you, FA Cup. Would you? We're so long overdue. It doesn't mean anything. 
this is like when you're in the casino and you've seen the roulette wheel spinning three times in a row red and you think definitely black next time guys get the wallets out I Dave, just... how are we going to do in the FA Cup? Are we going to win it? No. No? Where are we getting dumped out? I, I don't know. We, we get to a lot I'm of semi-finals. The best team, so if you're the fourth best team in the Premier League, then get to the semis. So semis? Semis. I'll take that. What about the League Cup? Um, you never know. Um, the, the, the depth... You might not take it seriously. Who knows? ...means that the likelihood is that you'll do well in that trophy. So, yeah. Why not? Let's say runners-up in the League Cup. Runners-up. <laughs> okay. Elio, League Cup? Um, like I said, I think that'll be sort of destroying to teams in early rounds might get past sort of a lower league side in the first round or something like that. So yeah. I think we'll probably lose our second or third game in that competition. Okay. Champions League. Dave. Have they changed the format this season or can I successfully say the round of 16, for example? <laughs> they haven't <laughs> got this mad new, new one. I, 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 I can't keep up. I don't think up. so, no. I think the World Cup has added people to it, but I think the Champions League is the same as far as I'm aware. Is that where we're getting to then? The first knockout round? No, I think you'll probably do one better than that. I think you'll get to the quarterfinals. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Quarterfinal. Elio? I agree with Dave on that one. Quarters. Would you be happy with that? I'm happy just to be back just, in the just Champions League. To be here. I just hope we get just some. Just happy to be here. We just want to be taken for a day part. out. Well, <laughs> okay. After such a fallow period, it's nice to be playing with the big boys again. Okay, this one might be pretty easy, but who's going to be our player of the season this year? It's always hard to look past Harry, but I think there's a big year coming from Decky, so I'm going to go Dejan Kulusevski. Okay, interesting. Dave, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's, the answer's Kane, but I'm I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> you can. Well, it's going to be. I I would, I would be shocked if he wasn't. Let's put it that way. It wasn't last year. Yeah, we're forgetting about Son. I know we're horrible to Son on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah. who who's going to go with Kane then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that rubbish South Korean guy we were you're, bashing you're all of last year. Best hundred million. You know, he didn't even striker. win Player of the Year. Couldn't even be outright golden boot. No, I think it, it, I yeah, think it'll be okay. similar, similar to last season in terms of Kane and Son both up there. But I would say I would say who's going to be the surprise package of the season? Who's going to silence a few doubters next within week? the Spurs squad? Within the Spurs team, yeah. Even though I don't think he's going to be first choice, I do think that Sessegnon's going to make a really good contribution this coming season. I was just thinking about Sessegnon. Interesting call. You can't copy it. That's annoying that I didn't say it now. Um, <laughs> uh, other than him uh, I think Dyer's going to get back in the England squad I hope you're right that's, that's quite a hot take we're jumping ahead there I like that that's good who will be our top scorer Harry Harry he's not going to go again? two years in a row without yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't really, I can't really agree, say Dave? he's going to be the player of the season if he's going to get outscored can I so yeah well I mean he likes to make assists which brings me to my next one who's going to get the most assists is it also that Harry I'm definitely going no, I'm going Kulusevski for that one. Kulusevski, interesting. He's going to have a good season. Dave, do you concur? Um, no, I'm going to go with Perisic. That's Ooh. a good shout. That is good interesting. Shot. I'm sure he'll get his fair share anyway. This one's not about Spurs. Who's going to win the league? Could be about Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> is that your answer, Dave? You're changing your prediction? No, no, no. It's so hard to look past Manchester City. Okay. With the way they've improved as well from already being an absolute juggernaut. Mm. Whereas Liverpool have lost Sadio Mane. They've obviously got to find a slightly new way of playing because they've bought a very different style of striker to what they've really had the last few years. And Darwin Nunes, who, who I'm sure is going to be really yeah. good. But I, I think Manchester City are just going to blow everyone away, away again because fuck 
those guys. Mm. Do you agree, Dave? Uh, I think with either I part think, of that um, sentence. Uh, I do. I think City are going to win it. Okay. I uh, I can't see past Haaland. I just think he's going to score hundreds. Hundreds, yeah, actually hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can get a goal again this season. I wanted at the end of this to come up with some just general hot takes about the season. And I like that one, that Haaland will get triple figures this season. That's a, that's a bold claim. Who's going to be our signing of the season? I think Basuma. Interesting. I think he's going to take our midfield up a level. Dave? Uh, for the comments I've made previously yep. about his nous and experience mm. uh, and the, the fact he will be your top assist maker. Yep. Um, Perisic so he'll be top assist maker signing of the season and he'll win our Royal Rumble nice treble interesting the the triple crown very good very good Uh, will Harry Kane score a free kick this year no (laughs) will he take a free kick this year well he took one in pre-season unfortunately yes unfortunately it looks like he's going to carry on I I haven't watched a minute of your friendlies guys you could have got away with not admitting that day we would have let you slide (laughs) you got this far into the episode will he score one no and finally, before we do some hot takes, who is going to score a Thunder Bastard this year? A Thunder Bastard. A Thunder Bastard. It's got to be a There'll DMC. Be one, so, so Basuma, Hoybier, Skip. Smart Money might be on Basuma. Let's go Skip. Skip, yeah? Let's go Skip. Elio, who's your call? I'm going to go with Ben Davies. Ben Davies <laughs> with a Thunder Bastard. I like that one. I think he's just going to absolutely leather it first time when it comes out headed out from a corner or something danny rose style top corner why not on the volley too yeah let's go for that too (laughs) bicycle kick what the hell can you technically score a bicycle kick thunder bastard i don't know um i i would have my money on eric dyer after him scoring from distance I i think it's distance and it's and it's how it hits the back of the net yeah, you need to see the back of the net literally bog Apparently, out. the official definition of a thunder bastard requires that the ball has to still be rising as it hits the net, which is interesting. interesting. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense, really, if you think about it. It can't be like a curling place shot, can it? It has to be leathered, so yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, let's, uh, let's just free up the floor. Has anyone got any particularly big calls for the season? I said earlier that I reckon Erling Haaland is going to score five goals in a game at some point this season. I just I can see it happening with the way Man City play, and he'll just figure it out one day, and then we'll all be doomed. I think Conte will receive a touchline ban <laughs> at some point this season. I like that. I have to sort of assess how bold these claims are because some of them might be a little bit like, yeah, that's probably quite likely actually. Okay, Conte to receive touchline ban. Dave, you got anything? Well, I've got a couple. <laughs> I've been thinking about it, and my hot take is that Everton are going to really struggle again, mm, uh, yeah. really struggle, and I think they might get relegated. Um, but then. You made me do some research on Southampton, and they're really going to struggle. And then I was thinking, maybe a hot take could be: I think maybe two, maybe even two of the promoted clubs might actually stay. I'll up give you that based on Southampton and Everton getting relegated. But Bournemouth are rubbish, and Fulham are always going to go down. That's like written in the stars. Forest mm, might stay up. Now, Dave. They spent a lot I'm of money, but, but you know who knows? Can four teams get relegated? Could Bournemouth, Fulham, Southampton, and Everton go down? That'd that would be, be wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, I've also written down Eric Dyer to get back in the England squad from earlier. I think that's a good enough hot take, given yeah. that he's completely also, out of FPL, FPL player of the season, Dan Burns. <laughs> yeah. Here's a hot take for you. I think Deli Ali will score 10-plus Premier League goals for Everton. Yeah, that probably is a big call, especially playing for Everton. Well, it is a big call. It's definitely not going to be their top scorer. Deli Ali to score 10-plus league goals. Oh, God. If he is their top scorer, they are definitely going down. <laughs> I like this. I like this. Any more? Keep them coming. You've got a hope, haven't you, earlier? So let's go with 
Ten Hag doesn't make it past <laughs> the World Cup. <laughs> I, I think that's a good one. Okay. That's a good one. And they hire in Rooney and we begin again. Sean Dyche will manage Everton this season. I can see, I can see that. It's definitely going to happen at some point. Oh, get them out of a relegation scrap. Arsenal will get a game called off because <laughs> they forgot that the World Cup was happening and some of their players come back injured from it. <laughs> I love that one. Speaking of Arsenal, have you got any intention of watching any of their Amazon documentary? Because I have to admit that clip has made me more interested. I'm getting more and more tempted, but I really want to not because yeah. I really want to be bigger than just laughing at yeah. that sad sack of a club. However, I'm pretty sure I'm going to submit to my primal urges and have a nice whiskey while laughing at them at some point. I mean, at the very least, I think we need to watch the final episode or the final couple of episodes, whichever one includes our game where we beat them 3-0, because that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. I wonder if he plays like, you know, stand up if you hate Arsenal on the speakers in that one. Or like, <laughs> stick Sol Campbell up your ass. I don't know, something along those lines. Well, look, I feel like we're we're running pretty low on hot takes, but we'll keep them coming. If we think of any, we might post some on Twitter. And we'd love to hear yours as well. So I'm sure between you listeners, you've got some interesting calls for the season. So, uh, and look, even if they're not hot takes, even if it's just genuine predictions about how we're going to do, do get in touch. Here's a hot take. Here's one last yeah. hot take. Joe Brooker will actually join us for a recording <laughs> of the podcast at some point. Joined by Big Mike. And Big Mike, if you're listening, hi, by the way. Welcome back. And to all listeners, of course. I haven't checked in a while to see if we've got any new listener countries, but we'll we'll have to keep an eye out on that. Um, And look, on that note, everyone who's listening, once again, thanks so much for coming back and listening. I hope it hasn't been too long a wait and you were satisfied by the couple of episodes we dropped in the interim. But we're going to be doing it again every week now. And of course, we're going to have some Champions League games to talk about. So we might have a pretty action-packed schedule. We might have to throw a couple of big games in to the odd episode at a time going forward. So that should be pretty interesting. But yeah, as I said earlier, follow us on Twitter at Plus Day Podcast. Follow all of us individually if you can. And yeah, get in touch and let us know how you think the season's going to go. It's always exciting to talk about how things are going to go and what our predictions are. If you've got any hot takes or if you've got any general predictions for who's going to be our player of the season, top goal scorer, where we're going to finish, who's going to surprise everyone, who's going to be our best player, who's going to be the best of the new signings, then get in touch and let us know. Drop us a message, tweet us, whatever it is. You can email us at plusdaypodcast at gmail.com as well if you prefer email. And of course, if you tuned in last week, apologies to those of you who are hoping for a general Spurs chat and found yourselves listening to Pricey and me talk about FPL. But if you are interested in FPL and Fantasy Premier League, then you can also join our FPL League. 6TORVB is the code. If you'd like to join our Plus Day of Super League and try and knock that smug smile off Pricey's face. Pricey, who of course has won it for the last two years in a row, and as you would have heard from last week's episode, takes himself very seriously as an FPL expert and thinks that he's going to make it a hat trick. So if you'd like to join and try and take over the top, then please do. It's all a bit of fun. We'd love to see you in the group and of course, get in touch and let us know your thoughts about the season, about this episode, any questions for us next week, and we look forward to hearing from you. Guys, before I wrap things up for our first episode of the season any final thoughts anything to say ahead of the Southampton game ahead of the season what's your excitement rating um <laughs> I wish I could well, screenshot we'll Elliot's face right as, now we'll never be as excited as we are right now right it's all <laughs> downhill right. from here brilliant well look guys thank you for joining me and thanks everyone for listening we'll see you again next week until then stay classy Spurs fans we'll see you soon yeah.